This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My warm city of Sydney, I've never been My City of Sydney from Greg Arthur and John Morrison's Swing City here on Bent Notes. My special guest on Bent Notes is an Australian singer, songwriter, actor and painter who started out on the stage very early in his career with Dame Joan Sutherland in productions of the Australian Opera. During this time, Greg Arthur met legendary actor and teacher Hayes Gordon who, along with vocal training teacher Dan Graydon, taught Greg how to perform a song with originality, with confidence, and to take ownership of the stage. His expertise has taken him around the world and earned him much praise, including maestro Tommy Tico referring to Greg as the ultimate crooner. It is my great pleasure to welcome back to Bent Notes, Greg Arthur, welcome. Oh, wow, what an introduction. Can you do it again? I'd like to record it. (laughs) I'm going to play it for friends. I can do that for you. No problems at all. My special... (laughs) Take two. Take two, indeed. That's very kind of you. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. That last note of my city of Sydney, I I nearly passed out and I I had stars before my eyes. I didn't realise it was so long. Oh, really? Uh, The... The arrangement's written by brilliant Australian uh, music arranger, Andrew Robertson. I had stars before my eyes, and I I thought I was going to faint. When I was working in L.A., I had a a job up in uh, Bel Air at a a club, and um, there was a a booth there. The place was called Vibrato, and it was owned by um, Herb Alpert who was famous for the Tijuana Brass. Yes. And it was a great place to work, and he was very fussy about the music that was performed there, a really beautiful club. One night I tried I tried not to notice and make a big deal of it, but Sir Tom Jones came in for dinner, <sighs> and he was sitting over there <laughs> with a couple of friends and listened to the show, and he got quite upset that I hadn't come over and said oh. hello. And, oh, and, really? Uh, and I said, well, I was just leaving you alone to eat your lamb chops. And he thought that was great. <laughs> but he, there, there's a famous story about him singing Thunderball for the, for the Bond film. Yes. And that he fainted at the end of the last note. And I asked him if that was true. And he said, yes. Oh. And, uh, and I, I really relate to that now after singing that recording with, with John Morrison because I... <laughs> <laughs> Me and the trumpet player, we, we thought we both thought our heads were going to blow up at the end of it. it was oh wow! So long and had no air left. But it uh, sounds so fantastic. Thank you, thank yeah. you. It's an old, it's an old tune. I mean, people in Melbourne wouldn't give a damn, right? <laughs> I, but it's it's a Sydney thing, and uh, 
Channel 7 in Sydney in the 60s and 70s, uh, I think right through the 80s, uh, every night that was played on television. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Leonetti, he had a, he was an uh, Italian-American guy that came to Australia. He had a Tonight Show long before Don Lane. He was a friend of Tony Bennett. He had his own Tonight Show here and he, he sang that song, sort of a, his response to his friend Tony Bennett singing I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Ah, yes, that makes sense. Oh, and, and, and during COVID, I just thought we should sing this and celebrate Sydney, you know. But uh, I hope all your Melbourne listeners enjoyed it. I, well, I certainly <laughs> did, and Jet certainly did down here panelling for me tonight. It's just got such a great feel and a, a great warmth to it. Ah, well, that's the art of working with Mr. John Morrison. I'm going on tour with him uh, beginning of March. Um, oh, excellent. We're starting up in Queensland, Mackay and and Cairns and working our way down. Uh, it's going to be so much fun after all of this horrible lockdown and restrictions on the arts. Um, really looking forward to it. I'm we'll, sure we'll end up are. in Melbourne eventually. I, I'm looking forward to that. Back to opera with Dame Joan Sutherland. Do you have warm memories of that time? Very, very lovely lady. Great sense of humour. A laugh like um, you, 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 once you've heard her laugh at a joke, which pretty ribald jokes too. Uh, she's <laughs> lo- lovely. Uh, I, I mean, I was, I was young. It was just, it was just chorus stuff. Okay. I, it wasn't like I was starring on stage next door. It was just a, just another kid painted in brown makeup for Aida. And, uh, oh, actually, that was Rita Hunter. Uh, it was Merry Widow, um, Marriage of Figaro was Dame Joan. Uh, yeah, I can't say that uh, I was anything special, but it was a privilege to stand in the wings and watch that lady walk on and do her thing. I, I remember that vividly. Do you know Ken Doan, the artist? Yes, I do. I, I think I was about 17. Uh, it was after my voice had broke, had broken anyway. I, uh, there was a thing on at the Sydney Town Hall and Ken Doan was there with his wife. And if you've ever seen any of his artwork, you'd know that he used to do a lot of paintings of his wife. Uh, sans clothing. Yeah, she was a very shapely lady, and Dame Joan was standing next to them. Ken Doan for this particular night—I can't remember what it was. It was a long while ago. Uh, it was some sort of charity event, but he had painted set pieces for the stage at the Sydney Town Hall. So the entire set was painted by Ken Doan, and oh, it was huge things of the opera house and the and the harbour bridge and and the and the foreshore and various artists were on that night that came out and um, and performed and i got to meet ken doan i think i was 17 i said um nice set and yeah. he grabbed his wife around the waist and said thank you very much i'm very proud of him <laughs> and, <laughs> and dame joan Dame Joan laughed like lifted the roof off with the laugh and finally passed out with embarrassment, you know, the, the pimply-faced virginal Greg. Anyway, it was, that was something I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> what a memory to have. <laughs> <laughs>
And I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you a serious question next. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know whether I can now. <laughs> The, the the work that you did with Hayes and Don teaching you to make a song your own as well as just taking control of the stage, did that make sense mm. to you at the time? No, no. Um, Hayes Gordon, uh, he was doing uh, Fiddler on the Roof at the Opera House. My voice broke and I was told not to sing for a year or so. Okay. Uh, go and have acting lessons. Don Graydon said, you know, take it easy Hayes uh, Hayes was doing acting classes and they were sometimes between shows great great privilege uh, uh, yeah he'd sit down in one of the rehearsal rooms at the opera house still in costume sometimes and make up for Fiddler just do a class for some for some people that had been invited along uh, all all younger people all up and coming sort of thing I look back on that as one of the greatest honours I've ever known. And, and he he talked about owning the stage as in an actor should know how to walk out and just present very, very well and own the space and be an actor even though you're singing a song. You've got to get give the best possible performance as an actor and let people understand what the lyrics are about that was a huge lesson. Um, great actors that can sing. Uh, I think if you if you think about Billie Holiday, uh, Julie, Judy Garland, um, I, I think incredible actors that let you in and made you feel like you were listening to something very personal that, that was about their own life. So they, they were great lessons in how to present a song. Great experience for you, and and great, a, a great uh, base from which you were were then able to catapult yourself into the 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 world of music and and presentation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes. Another, so. and of course, from a perspective of presentation, you have presented two albums in the last two years. How did you manage hmm. to achieve that in the fields of lockdown? Good question, fair and straight to the point. I look. What do you do? I mean, you're sitting around. Uh, you can't go out. You can't socialise. I had all of this material, a lot of unreleased stuff, and so I talked to good friends who were in the same position. Uh, William Bowden, who's a mastering engineer, uh, Grammy winner, a great Australian uh, in in the in the field of r- recordings and uh, and. Uh, He's um, a lovely guy. I've known him for a long while. He lives in Tasmania now. And I said, how do we make these out, uh, all of these tracks into an album and make them uh, coherent? Because they're, they're different styles. Some of them are with a, a jazz rhythm section, which is piano, bass, drums, and guitar. Others are a big band with orchestra. And we worked on it, and we had plenty of time, and it was a great project to do. Uh, the album cover, I, I couldn't get a photographer, I couldn't go to a studio and get a new album cover done, so um, as you mentioned in that wonderful introduction, thank you again, I paint. So I did a self-portrait of me sitting at a bar 
at 3 a.m. drinking a scotch, and um, that that's is, how the ballad collection was born. That is certainly the impression one gets when looking at at this this magnificent painting, which is the the cover of the ballad collection. I just love it. It's great radio, isn't it? What we're doing now. <laughs> well, we can direct people to have a look at that cover because you have a website. Oh, well, yes, gregarthur.com. Exactly, gregarthur.com, where you you do have the front page being Greg Arthur Jazz and Cocktails, which was your yes. 2020 album, and then you've yes. got links there to get to Bandcamp, where we can see the Ballad Collection cover, which is you sitting, as you say, at the bar with. An interesting look on your face. I'm not quite sure how how to describe that look. Maybe maybe it is tired. If, pen, pensive, yes. Three a.m. in the morning. It's probably a bit tired as well. Pissed. <laughs> maybe that's the answer for it. <laughs> now you've written songs on both of these albums: two of your own on Jazz and Cocktails, and four on the Ballad Collection. Mm. When did you feel the confidence to write your own songs and how did you know when you wrote them that they were exactly what you needed to sing? Mm. Uh, well, how long have you got? <laughs> I, um, I throw out probably four songs a day. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah. I'm writing all the time. The top of my piano is just covered in uh, manuscript that's and you know that maybe eight bars of that's good and I'll and I think oh all right I won't throw that away put that back uh, and then uh, continue it later or add it to something else and some and that that applies to the music more than the lyrics I think the lyrics have to be consistent about one thing and it has to be real and honest otherwise it's manufactured and um, something by Justin Bieber. So, I, I you know, you, I, I, I'm extremely fussy and I'm very hard on myself with the, with the whole process. But the way the confidence of it comes about is by giving it to people that I respect who I know will tell me the truth and not patronise me or be too harsh. You know, you can't. Um, so traditionally for me, that's been people like, uh, Maestro Tommy Tico. I take him a tune and I say, what do you think of this? And he'll go, he'll pat me on the head and say, it's, it's a very good effort. <laughs> and, and, and that's when I put tobacco in it and smoke it. And uh, <laughs> they, um, and on the other hand, he'll go, oh, this reminds me of, Bernstein, if you change this and do this and do this, and then you're on to something. Right. Another person is um, my bass player, who's also the the former chair of jazz studies at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music. His name's Craig Scott, and I've known him for a very long while, and he's on most of my recordings. And he's, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard Nature Boy. I did a recording, just Craig and I. It's just double bass and voice. Yes. Um, very bold thing to do and it works because he's a genius he is he is like yo-yo ma on the bass a very very lovely man and although we're very good friends if what i've written is garbage he'll tell me straight away and uh. so that's that's how i do it I, I get other people to tell me if it's any good or not and that's that's the best way otherwise your ego gets in the way i suppose it also gets back to that owning the stage aspect of if it doesn't feel right 
it, it's not right. Well, that's only in the performance. That, that's the confidence of the material and getting up and going, well, this is great, the band's great, or the orchestra's brilliant, uh, I, I, this is going to work, and then just own it. That doesn't really apply to the writing. That's just a long process of honing it and then getting somebody really wonderful to write an arrangement for you. Like on the ballad collection, um, there's a song on there called Last Call, which is possibly the perfect thing for the album cover. So it's about being in bars and you're the last one there and somebody says last call, you know, yeah. last drinks. Beautiful and, song. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It's about heartbreak and, and everything. And, but I, I got a brilliant American musician to write the orchestration for that, Tom Rainier, and he didn't change anything, which was very flattering. He he wrote around what I had written and, and wrote a beautiful orchestration to it. And, that, and that, that's when something really shines, is when somebody quite wonderful like Tom Rainier has taken the time to take it seriously. You'd know Tom, but not know him. Everybody knows Tom if they've ever watched the Primetime Emmys or the Academy Awards. Right. Because for the last 25, possibly 30 years, he's the piano player and arranger. So he's, you know, Barbara Streisand, Placida Domenico, uh, Julio Iglesias, <laughs> all sorts of incredible people. And, and most recently, he went on tour with, who was he touring with most recently? Uh, well, Tony Bennett. And, uh, yes. then, um, and then Tony got sort of unwell, as everybody knows now. And Lee Musica came back into the picture. But it, it, Tom's an incredible person, and it's a great privilege to work with him. Obviously, working with these people enable you to get that richness in your arrangements that gives us yes. uh, something to sit back and thoroughly enjoy. Uh, your your presentation does remind me of the energy and the confidence, and I think the word owning is in there as well that we remember from Frank Sinatra. Oh, very high praise. Thank mm. you. Thank well, you. I'd like to say a very big thank you for spending the time with us tonight. Your two albums that we were talking about were Jazz and Cocktails, 10 pieces of which two are your own, and The Ballad Collection, 11 pieces of which four are your own. They can be looked at at uh, your Bandcamp site, but also at your website, gregarthur.com, where there's a whole lot of great information about you, the gigs that you've got coming up. It's just fantastic to have a look at and some fantastic pictures, well, pictures, paintings, your your paintings. They're just glorious. I love the couple of paintings you've got there on, on the website of Robin Williams. They're just so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Good friend of mine is Brad Garrett. Known Brad for about twenty years, and he has his own comedy club and lounge in the in the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. And he he was very close friends with Robin. When he passed away, uh, well, Brad's a fan of my art and my music. I've performed at his clubs in Vegas, and, and he's a big fan. And um, he asked me to. Uh, paint a couple of pictures, one for his home yep. uh, to put in the in the, in the lobby and um, and another one for the, uh, the, uh, the Brad Garrett Comedy Club. Oh, fantastic. And so, yeah, it's a, that's, that's how they came about. They were both commissions. 
He's he's a lovely guy. Do you know Brad? He's, no, he's I don't. the only person I know taller than me. I'm <laughs> six feet four. Yes, you are he's, tall. He's almost he's almost seven feet tall. He <gasps> you you know him. He's he played Robert the policeman in Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, did he now? Right, I know who exactly yeah. who you're meaning now. Yes. Yeah, Raymond's brother. Yeah. Right. I, I, oh, Ray, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. you know, I, that, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's been in so much stuff. I mean, you know. It, Prolific, prolific actor. He's a wonderful guy, yeah. He Greg, owns both of those paintings. Yeah. Oh, marvellous. Greg, thank you so much for your time tonight here on Bent Notes. You've been very generous. We are looking forward to your getting down to Melbourne at some stage when it's practical for you and the band. In the meantime, we yes. can enjoy your music off your latest albums, Jazz and Cocktails and the Ballad Collection. We can find them with all the details on Bandcamp, but so much more great information about you on the website. Greg Arthur, that's Greg with two G's, dot com. Thank you so much for your time, Greg. Thank you, David. Lovely to talk to you. My special guest has been Australian jazz vocalist and composer Greg Arthur. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9, where we're about to hear a piece from Greg when I think of you from the Ballad Collection. What do you feel when you see a sunset? You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Help keep JOY on air. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.